folks and say, uh, Happy Mother's Day to you moms in the room. I think um, many times we don't, we don't thank you enough for all that you do. And um, today is just a day to say thank you for all that you've done. And even to my own mom, who's probably watching, I love you, mom. I'm <coughs> deeply grateful to you. Um, I would not be the same without you. And I say that to all you moms. We wouldn't be the same without you. And so we're grateful for each of you. And we, um, we're called, it's interesting, God, God calls us to honor you. It's one of the Ten Commandments. And today, honor your moms. And so moms, we honor you today. Thank you so much for what you do. And uh, as, as we're talking about moms today, it just so happens that on Mother's Day, Pastor Michael chose the passage that I was going to preach on, and it's, it's Acts 15. And Acts 15 is about circumcision. So, somehow, I'm going to take the concept of circumcision and relate it to Mom's Day. You just wait and see. All right? No, but um, in Acts 15, you, you, you do see something that I think we all need to hear. And that's the message of grace. And I, even this morning, uh, we need to hear grace. With all the mistakes that sometimes go on and trying to do things, we just need to hear grace. God's grace. That, that God's grace is, is big enough to overcome failures, sins, regrets, hardships, struggles. God's grace takes burdens that we feel, that we sense, that we carry about every single day of our lives. God's grace steps in and frees us from those things and allows us to live beyond mistakes, beyond burdens, beyond the list of do's and don't do's and all that you've never done that you were supposed to do or expected to do. And moms, you need to hear that today. That God's grace is with you. And all your parenting and all your doing and all your caring and all your loving, God's grace is with you. And so, as we look at Acts 15, we will dive into a little bit of God's grace and, and see what God has to say. Grace is... Um, it's wonderful news for us. And I, and I think it's wonderful news because it provides comfort and relief. And yet it's really hard to understand. If, if you're genuinely honest about grace, it's hard to understand. Because everything you do in your life, you're always working for something. You're always trying to earn something. You're always trying to achieve. And grace is the opposite of that. Grace says, you don't have to do anymore. It's already been done. You just receive it. And you'll find relief and comfort for the moment. And that's the big idea. If you want to put the big idea on, on here for this morning. <clears throat> the big idea is that grace gives relief to the burdens in our lives. I repeat that. Grace gives relief to the burdens in our lives. I actually looked at the word relief in the dictionary, and I really liked kind of what it said. 
Here's what relief means, according to Webster's Dictionary. Relief is a feeling of reassurance in relaxation following release from anxiety or distress. Some similar words. It's consolation. It's comfort. It's solace and calmness. Then another definition it gives is relief is assistance. Assistance that's especially given to those in special need or difficulty. That's what grace does. God's grace comes into our lives and gives us relief from our, the deepest burdens we have, the stresses, the anxieties, the pressures to perform. God's grace steps in and provides for us we need it most. And so, if you would, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 15. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. <clears throat> All right. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching their brothers, unless you're circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others who were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and they brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they all declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees, they rose up and said, it's necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there, there, there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by the mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and they would believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why are you putting God to the test? By placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. What an amazing passage of Scripture that highlights the depth of the grace of God. And just trying to thinking through Acts, and we're kind of working through this book. We're here at the part where Saul, now Paul, Jesus has changed his life. He is a Jewish man. He is a teacher. He knows all the laws. He's obeyed all the laws of the Jewish custom. Every, every single thing you can think. 300 laws. There are 300 laws that they had to obey. And those laws were like, you can't touch this, but you can touch this. You can't be clean unless you do this, or unless you do this, or unless you do this. You've got to wash this. Or you can't eat this, but you can eat that. It was a ton of things you had to do to meet the standards that God had set. And so, these Jewish Christians 
are like, hey, you non-Jewish Christians, you need to keep these laws or you won't be saved. And Paul's saying, no, you don't. It's not about the doing. It's about believing and entrusting the Messiah that's come, Jesus Christ, who would forgive you of all of your wrongdoings. If you trust in him, that's enough. So that's the kind of the context we're coming into as we look at the book of Acts. And so Paul's admonition, this is the first point. Here's what he's saying to Jewish Christians. Here's what he's saying to you today. Here's what he's saying to you moms today. First point, if I can get to it. Doing more is not the answer. You need to hear that, don't you? Doing more is not the answer. But boy, we feel like it is. Look at what he says in verse 1. These guys came down and they say, what? Unless you're circumcised, unless you do more, you can't be saved. Then they follow up in verse 5. And what do they say? Hey, it's necessary to circumcise them and so that they would keep the law of Moses. In other words, what they're saying is it's necessary that you do more or God will not accept you. That's what they're saying. And Paul is saying, no, no, that is not the nature of grace. Grace doesn't say, you've got to do more. Grace says, I'm God. I've already done it for you. All your mistakes, all your fears. I went to the cross and paid the price for all of your mistakes, all of your sins, all of the ways that you strayed from me. I did it all. Trust me. Receive me. That's grace. It's not the gospel doing more. And so... What these Jewish Christians are saying is it's the gospel plus something. That's really what they're saying. The gospel's not enough. You've got you to do some more. And we do that. In so many ways we do that. I've got to do more to be accepted by God. I've got to do more as a spouse to be accepted by my spouse. I've got to do more as a child to be accepted by my mom and dad. There's always a, a room in our hearts where we've got to do more. It's, it's almost our nature. The human heart, this is what you're always saying. I've got to do more. I've got to be more. I've got to earn more. Do you notice that? That's our, that's our heart condition. And then you go deeper. You go deeper in the heart. And the curse of humanity begins to say this. I will never be enough. I'll never be enough. I'll never work enough. I'll never be accepted. That's where the curse goes. I'm never going to be something of worth. And this is why every single one of you need grace. Because God's grace steps in and says... You're not enough, but I'm enough. And because I'm enough, you're accepted. You're loved. You don't have to do more. 
You don't have to be more. And moms, I want you to hear that today. Okay? I really do. That oftentimes in your lives, you feel like I've never done enough. And you often look at your mistakes and you say, my mistakes are why my kid is this way. In that moment, that's the opposite of grace. Do you understand that? That's the opposite of God's grace for you. You think God wants you to sit underneath that condemnation? (laughs) The gospel says, there is therefore now no condemnation For those of you in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life, he has set you free from the law of sin and death. He has set you free from condemnation. He has set you free so much so that you can give yourself grace with your mistakes. Because it's not about doing more. Well, what about unrealistic expectations? Or what about your standing? Have you ever looked at your life and said, you know what, this is the picture of a good mom and that's not me. And then you begin to put these expectations on yourself that are not God's. Don't put unrealistic expectations on yourself that God doesn't put on you. And that's true for all of us. Do you put such harsh, unexpected, unexpected, Oh my gosh, I can't even say the word, but unrealistic expectations on yourselves that it burdens you. When you carry that weight, grace says no. You don't need to carry that burden. He's with you in your mistakes. He overcomes them. Grace says you are accepted. You're loved. You don't have to do more you can rest in the, in the fact that God's grace doesn't require you to be more than what you can be. That's the beauty of grace. So stop feeling the stress of doing more. Whether it's your job, whether it's life, whether it's you're a student, you're going through school, I want you to receive God's grace this morning and rest in that. And he overcomes those burdens. And he's with you. And he gives you the grace to work through those things. He really does. When you place those stresses on your li- in your life, it, dude, it puts a burden. That's, that's why I love what it, where it goes next in this passage. The second point I'm saying is, is you shouldn't place a burden on yourself that's too hard to bear. You get that? Don't place a burden on yourself that's too hard to bear. Because that is what the Jewish Christians were doing to the Gentile Christians. Look at verse 10. That's exactly what they're doing, right? Therefore, this is, this is Paul answering those Jewish Christians. Why? Why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to pair? Man, that hits home. Paul is saying, would you stop? Stop saying you've got to do more. 
No, you know, you know what's enough? Here's what's enough. Here's what's enough for you in this moment, today, right now. It's just to believe and to trust God with whatever mistakes, whatever failures you got. Your salvation in Christ is dependent on what He did, not what you did. But you want to go back and say, Lord, I got to do this, I got to do that. And you try to make yourself worthy. You're never strong enough to make yourself worthy enough. That's the, that's the freedom and beauty of the gospel. He's done it all. Trust Him with everything. That's the power of grace. Grace gives you the freedom to fail today. And you're loved and accepted even in your failures. That's what's amazing about grace. That's why you can rejoice in it. You can, moms, you can rejoice in grace today. Because he is a God of amazing grace. So don't place a burden that's too hard to bear. I mean, he even says it, look, you believe. Your, your conscience has been cleansed. Like, you don't, you don't have to feel guilty. That's why Christ died. Christ died for your guilt. All your sins and your burdens. He took your burdens on himself so that you could be free. Praise God, right? It is interesting to me that he says to those Jewish Christians, why do you put God to the test? Notice how he says that? Why, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on them? You know why I think it, it places um, a test to God? Why does it put God to the test? You know what they're saying, really? God, what you did isn't enough. I gotta do more. What a prideful statement. That's why it puts God to the test. Like, what I did wasn't enough? You gonna do more? Who are you kidding? I'm God. You're not. I did it all for you. Rest in that. Rest in what I've done. Don't put me to the test. And then when they do that, when these Jewish Christians are saying, you've got to do more, you've got to do all these laws, what does it do to the hearts of the disciples? It puts a burden on them. I like how he said that it's a yoke that you put on their neck. I mean, I can imagine, picture this with me, right? We don't, we don't understand that exactly, unless you're a farmer, you get it. But us personally, we don't understand it. So maybe a picture would be, imagine putting a, like a 100-pound chain on your neck. Okay? And you're just going to go like this and fall to your knees, right? It's, you, you can't bear it. That's what they were doing. Or maybe, have you ever seen videos or ever seen someone in the gym? And they go up to the squat rack, and maybe they've got, I don't know, 200 or 300 pounds and they are completely incapable of pushing this weight, okay? And so they, you see them, they, they take him off the rack, and they're holding the weight, and dude, their whole body's doing this. And you're like, you know, you know what's going to happen, right? And so as soon as they, and they're done, they're, they fall, it's, it's over, right? That is what you do to yourself. When you put a burden on yourself, of all the lists of things that you try to do or all the weight you place on yourself of all the mistakes and failures you've made 
or all the regrets and how it carries you. Grace, grace has got to step in. And you need to receive the forgiveness that God provides and rest in that, that your conscience can be clean, that you don't have to bear that burden because he bore it for you. That's the power of the gospel. Moms, that's the power of the gospel with you. That he forgives. And he grants you strength for the moment. So don't place that burden on yourself. You don't have to perform perfectly. You don't have to always measure up. You have the freedom to fail. So stop putting that pressure on yourself. Right? There's always, always, like moms and dads, right? There's always the pressure of being the perfect parent. Because what do we do? We do the compare game. Gosh, Joe over here, his kids are all doing this, and here's my kids, they're doing this. Or these kids are walking with the Lord, and what's going on with my kid? Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not living under, under grace. You don't, you don't need that pressure. Or, or even for you, for you moms or dads, and you know, particularly, I, I know some single moms in this room. The struggles of being a single mom. Sometimes I look at you single moms, and you are my superheroes in my life. I, and I just want to say that publicly. I watch some of you single moms in this room. You are the superheroes that I watch. And I commend the church of your lives and what you've meant to the church body and how you've wrestled with your kids. I praise God for you and your faithful witness to the Lord and trying to love your kids the best you can. Because there's always a burden you've got of, I'm trying to do this, I can't do this, regret, failure. That's just a part of your nature, and I'm just saying, hey, let grace step in, and then it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to feel like I am powerless with my kids sometimes. You know what? That's okay. Because there was a king that also felt that way. His name was Jehoshaphat. What a name. Fat being in any name is probably not good, right? But here's what he says. We are powerless against this great horde, this great battle coming against us. I'm powerless. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Moms, let that be a prayer. Jesus, I'm powerless. I really don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Moms, hear God's grace today, okay? God's grace will overcome the failure in your life. God's grace will also overcome the failure in your kid's life. And God's grace is so big that he can use all of your failures and turn them into something wonderful for your kids. Do you believe that? That's what he did in the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus. He took a mess and made a wonderful thing. That's the good news of the gospel is that God's grace is so big, he works our blunders into beautiful things. And brothers and sisters, believe that today. Believe that for yourself.
believe that for your kids. Maybe, I don't know, maybe some of you are struggling in this room of being single. And the burden of being single. Because I've heard some of you. And he's like, man, where, where is this partner in my life? I'm waiting. And you're putting a pressure on yourself that God's not putting on you. Hey, you're enough. <laughs> I think I just want you to hear that. You're enough. You're loved and accepted by many, but ultimately by God. And He's enough. He's enough. His grace is enough for you through all of those struggles. For those of you in this room, that today might not be the greatest day because you'll miss your mom or you'll miss a loved one. God's grace is big enough to carry that burden because he'll see you through. For those of you in this room who've been longing to have a child and never could have, God's grace is big enough to bear that burden and give you what you need for your moment. Can you trust him for that today? You all take your burdens, all of them, all of, like all of the weight. Some of you right now are just feeling the weight of life. Take those burdens to Jesus. His grace is sufficient for you today. Hear what he says. We often quote it, but I want you to hear it and trust it and believe it. These are Jesus' words. The one who's king of kings and lord of lords, who's in charge of everything. Hear are his words. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And what Paul would say in 2 Corinthians, that God's grace is sufficient in all things. It's sufficient for you. Why? Because God's power is made perfect in our weaknesses. So hear that. All your weaknesses, all your struggles, all your hurts, all your imperfections. He gives you power through it all because he's able. And so, in a sense, I, I've said to you, you, you don't have to do more. But I do when I give a call to you. It's not like you, do, you don't do anything. No, Christ has called you to parent your kids. And so, what can you do? How can you parent? I love what a Christian author writes. He says this. What I can do as a father, I think mother as well. So what I can do, what I can do as a mother is not be perfect. But I can love my children as best as I can. And I can point them to the person who can love them perfectly. Did you hear that? Moms, can you point them to the one who can love them perfectly? Jesus, 
So moms, pray for them. If your kids are 50, pray with them. Still, text them a passage on how God has talked to you. Just be with them. Give your kids unconditional love. Be gracious with their mistakes. Don't you dare harbor bitterness to your kids. I mean that. Does God do that with you? With all the ways you've turned your face and turned your back on him? Forgive them. I know you're always for them. Don't leave them. Let them know that you're there. Rest in God's grace for you. And rest in God's grace for your kids. And your soul will be so well. Your soul will be so well. And if, you're do, if you can do that, then for your own self, the last thing I say to you is receive God's grace for yourself and believe it. Isn't it so fascinating? Like, he says to them, to the Jewish Christians, he says, don't place a burden on their necks. And what is his answer? What is Paul's answer for the burdens you're placing? What's his answer? Believe God's grace. That's his answer. Verse 11. Let's read it. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord, Je- Lord Jesus, just as they will. Did you hear that? What's the answer? Believe in God's grace. I just, I think that's amazing for what he's saying to them. You have a burden? Okay, here's grace. Here's grace. Grace for the moment. Grace for today. Grace is amazing. It's, it's simple and it's so profound. It is truly against our nature because we're, we're always having to earn and work. Grace is not that way. I, I was trying to think through, okay, what's the best picture of grace in the Bible? Imagery, right? Just, okay, God, you're gracious. What does that mean? And so I just have to land on the story of the prodigal son. That's, that's the best picture for me, okay? You might have another picture. I'm, I'm not saying it's the perfect picture. I, just, I know it's one of the perfect pictures, okay? You know the story, right? So, I'll just share the story. There's an older son and a younger son. And the younger son says to his dad, Hey, dad, you know what? I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I'm going to take some of my money, my inheritance money. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to live on my own. So I'm jetting out of here. See you later. And what does this guy go out and do? This guy goes out. He parties. He has prostitutes. He is drinking. He squanders everything he's got. Basically dishonors his dad in so many different ways. And he realizes, okay, I've really messed up. I need to go back to my dad. And so he's beginning walking home. And on his way, walking to the house, his dad sees him from afar 
runs, embraces his son, and kisses him. And he says, I'm so glad you're back. And not only does he do that, but he celebrates and holds a party for his son. He forgives his son. He celebrates his son that turned his back on him. The younger son didn't exactly deserve that. He could have gotten far worse than what he deserved, right? And the older son sees it. Here's, here's the story. That the older son sees it and is like, wait a second, hold up. He, he didn't serve you, but I did. He didn't obey you, but I did. I've been here the whole time. Where's my party? Why aren't you celebrating me? And I, I love the dad's response because I, I think we miss it so often. We, we think about the son that left, but we don't think the son was there. And this is what dad says. Son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. You know what he's saying? Son, I love you. I am with you. I will always be with you. I will always care for you. And I will always be for you. And isn't that the heart of God? Isn't that the heart of grace for you today in this moment? That that is God for you. And so moms hear that today. That's who God is for you. And that's what's so amazing about grace. That he's with us even in our failures. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always there. And so moms, receive grace today for yourself. God's grace. It is extended to you in the middle of your failures. And so often we, we can accept God's grace for our salvation. We, we understand God's grace for my eternity that he would receive me for all of eternity. I, I am his. It's so easy for us to kind of sometimes get that when it comes to salvation. But when it comes to parenting our kids, we just throw it by the wayside. And what I'm saying is grace is still applicable to you in your parenting. His grace is with you. He's for you. And for you, I, I love this quote by Brennan Manning. This book by Brennan Manning called The Ragamuffin Gospel. It elevates grace in so many different ways. Here's what he says. For you moms and for everybody in this room, okay? Just hear this. Do you believe that the God of Jesus loves you beyond worthiness and unworthiness, beyond fidelity and infidelity, that he loves you in the morning sun and in the evening rain, that he loves you even when your intellect denies it, your emotions refuse it, your whole being rejects it? Do you believe that God loves without condition or reservation? And he loves you this moment as you are and not as you should be. That is grace. Moms, 
receive that grace today of who God is for you and believe it. That was Paul's wisdom, right? Don't bear the burden. Believe God's grace. Believe God's grace. Grace for today and grace for the days to come. His grace gives you relief in all of your burdens. I end with this from Jerry Bridges. A good word for you to sit on today and for me to sit on today. Our worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Amen. Amen. What amazing grace he has given to us. And you see grace so powerfully in the cross of Jesus Christ. Right? God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus Christ. God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The burden and the weight and the guilt of sin, he came. He came so that you and I could be restored into a right relationship with this good father who's adopted us and restored us to himself in this beautiful, eternal family that we enjoy with him. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's the gospel of amazing grace. And so if you would, as we celebrate communion today, as we celebrate communion today, we celebrate a God of grace. And listen, listen, 